Just stay standing for a second. Sorry, let's uh, stretch our hands forward towards these baptism candidates today. And let's begin to pray for them on this special day. Father, we thank you for every one of these 32 people today that are making a step with you, Jesus. Lord, they've decided to surrender their lives, to leave behind the old and to come alive to the new life that is in Christ. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for a powerful spiritual operation in their lives today, Lord. Lord, that you would cause them to be united with Christ in his death and united with Christ in his resurrection, that the things of the old would pass away and that they would step free into a, a life free from the control of sin, free from the compulsion to sin, Lord Jesus, that they begin to experience your blessing upon their life, that they be receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Lord Jesus, that they would go on from strength to strength as they walk with you, Father. Lord, we thank you that this is the first day of their new life in you, Jesus. And Lord, we pray that it would be a powerful day for them, a great day, a cause for celebration that would bring you much glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just give the Lord a big praise offering. Fantastic. You may take your seats today. It's great to be here celebrating with uh, all of these baptism candidates. I can see a number of new faces here today. How many of you have come out to support uh, someone getting baptized today? Fantastic. Let's just give them a big warm welcome. Excellent. And, uh, you know, it's always good to celebrate these major turning points in people's lives. Just a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I'm proud of my brother, so I'll steal a few minutes to just, um, a two minutes, uh, a few couple of weeks ago, I went away to celebrate my brother, um, get graduating from Oxford University. He's graduated with a distinction at master's level, um, so he's a bit of a genius. And, um, and today we're getting to celebrate with these wonderful people here, and it's always good to celebrate in the kingdom of God. Amen. Sometimes we need to remind our faces that we are saved and remind our hearts that we're saved to remind us that we are brought into a kingdom where God would intend for us to live out of a place of joy. And that's really what we're going to unpack today, that God doesn't want a bunch of sad Christians long in the face, running around thinking that they are under the weight of sin. You're not under the weight of sin any longer. God wants you to be walking from a place of joy. And so we're going to be looking today at this message, living in the place of joy. And I really believe that God wants to release something for you guys. Something for you where it has been a challenge, the Christian walk. Something where you have been struggling in your walk of faith to see you step into what God is preparing for you. Amen? Excellent. And uh, for more of that, also tonight, um, earlier it was mentioned that Richard Taylor is going to be with us tonight. Um, many of you will know that Richard Taylor works in uh, drug rehabilitation work in Wales with Victory Outreach International. He's also planted three churches there in Wales and is you know, part of the fastest growing church down there in Wales. But one of the great things that Richard gets to do is see people taken from a life of drug addiction to a life of freedom in Christ where they get to run around worshiping Jesus because of the freedom that he's brought into their life. God intends for us to walk into freedom. And the invitation to follow Christ very much centers on this, that God is calling you out of a life controlled by sin into a life where you walk in freedom from sin. See, it's true that Adam and Eve, when they made that decision to change God, to believe the snake, to believe the words of the enemy over the words of God, they were actually changing their allegiance to a new God. And that new God was the God who prompts men to sin, the devil who urges men to sin, to step into a life of sin. And from the moment that they stepped into that life of sin, they began to experience a new set of benefits in their life, death, the childbirth was going to be painful, that working the ground was going to be hard labor, that it was going to require difficult hours of time on Abraham's part, plowing the ground, putting in effort, 
This was the new benefits of the kingdom which he had stepped into. He had stepped into a place where sin was reaping destruction in every area of his life. It was the benefits of a kingdom that is ruled by somebody that hates us. And Jesus, the message of Jesus is this, to call us out of that kingdom. You see, if you're a son and daughter of of Adam and Eve, if you're born a human being, if you're in that lineage, which we all are, you are born directly into sin. There is no choice in our life to step out of that from birth. We can't opt in or out. We are born into sin. But the moment we believe Christ, the moment we receive Christ, we step out of that kingdom into a new kingdom. Now this new kingdom, the kingdom that Jesus has prepared for us, is a wholly different kingdom. A wholly different kingdom. It's more significant than black and white in terms of the stark contrast. It's more significant than sugar and salt, the difference in contrast. You see, we are serving the Lord of the kingdom of light as opposed to the, who was previously, the one we previously served in the kingdom of darkness. He has called us to a kingdom of light which we cannot even begin to comprehend. But I want to share some of it with you today. See, the invitation to follow Christ centers around this. That Jesus took your place upon the cross. Every one of us, the sin that we've committed, the sin that has has ensnared us, that is holding us down, that controls our every movement. Jesus on the cross took our sin for us. And in taking our sin for us, he made a way for us to be restored to the Father who is in heaven by simply putting our faith in the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. And you see, once you make that decision of faith, that decision to follow Jesus, to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he invites you immediately into a new type of a kingdom. And this new type of a kingdom does not have sin as its method of control. Neither does it have sin as its method of reward. There are an entirely different set of benefits that you can receive here in the kingdom of God. They are forgiveness of sin. God does not want us walking around under the burden of sin. They are adoption into the kingdom of God by our Father who is in heaven. They are the promise of eternal life. They are the promise of God's favor here on the earth as we walk according to his will. And we've been really exploring this message of walking in the favor of God. Walking free from the sin which has held us back in the past. And God wants us to continually realize the freedom that he's purchased for every single one of us. You see, every single person struggles with this guilt of sin until they come to a fuller revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of you still struggle with guilt? Excellent. How many, did you feel guilty putting your hand up for that? How many of you struggle with shame? See, the things of guilt, the things of shame are not part of the way that God intends to teach you, to grow you, to make you fruitful. God wants to position you such that you understand how free his grace is towards you and how much he wants to give you that grace that you're willing to leave behind the guilt, leave behind the shame and in its place step free into a life of freedom. See, one of the biggest shames, the biggest lies that Christians fall to is this, that the devil has so deceived us to believe that our joy is found in sin. The things that destroy us, the things that are ripping our lives apart, he's convinced us that 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 is where our joy is. Oh, you know, but I love sleeping around. I get so much pleasure out of it. Do you? You do for a few minutes. But what happens with the broken hearts and the broken relationships that you endure for the coming months, the coming years? 
I love getting to the top in business, you know, seeing other people put down as I get a bigger pay packet and see myself promoted. Does it bring you the joy that you desire or is it lonely at the top? Is the power that you exert in the home through force and through fear, is that bringing you the kind of a family that you want? You see, we see in the way that the enemy has set things up, joy in sin. And it's true, sin is joyful at the start. But the fruit of sin always, always, always brings death. And you see, if he can give you enough temptation that you'll sin, he'll also give you a bit of guilt to go with it. And that guilt that you receive alongside your sin, you somehow equate that to God. God is making me feel guilty for the things that I've done. God is punishing me for the things that I've done. No, your sin is making you feel guilty for the things you've done. God doesn't want you under sin and he doesn't want you under guilt. He wants you walking free in him. And so there's a war that we are fighting against guilt, against shame, against sin that we aren't supposed to be fighting. That us is already being crucified in Christ. These wonderful people here being baptized today, the symbolism of their baptism is this, that they are being united with Christ in his death and resurrected into eternal life as they come out of the water. So they go down and are united with Christ in his death. They come out and they are brought into the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. And from that point onwards, God supernaturally removes the right of sin over your life. The longer that you agree with the right of sin in your life, the longer you will walk in sin. But when you remember that that you is dead, the one that was under the law is dead. And now you can, as Colin was preaching this morning, marry a new one, Jesus Christ. You can walk in freedom with him. That guilt, shame, sin package, the benefits that you received as part of being part of that kingdom is now done away with and you're intended to receive a whole new package. A package which has joy at the center. A package which has life at the center. There's no need to keep resurrecting the old man. That's one type of resurrection we don't need. The resurrection of the old man. We need to see resurrection when people die prematurely. That brings God glory. We need to see the resurrection on the, end day, on the last day when we all get raised in Christ to bring uh, glory to him. But we don't need to see the resurrection of the old man. Leave that old man dead in the grave. And God invites us to this new life, a life of joy. He wants you to walk in grace. Now, God's grace, as I mentioned earlier, is forgiveness of your sin. Have you ever thought about this? When it comes to disclosure of something that's going on in your life, maybe you've fallen short in an area that you know, maybe culturally in the church is unacceptable, or you know from your reading in scripture it's unacceptable, and you choose to keep the lid on it. Maybe you steal from a friend. Maybe you rip someone off. Maybe you go and have a binge on drugs again when you've been free for a number of years. Maybe you've gone and got drunk and, and had just a big mashup and woke up in prison, prison or woke up in a cell somewhere and just wondered what was going on. But no one else knew about it. And you decide to put a lid on it. You know what, that's the only time that's going to happen. That's the only time that I'm going to stumble. I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I'm with Christ. I'm going to make, make sure I make it out of this. But then two weeks later, you're back in the same situation. And again, you put a lid on it. And it builds up. And that guilt that you feel, the shame that you feel, can you even imagine thinking about telling someone about it? Can you even imagine coming to someone and saying, listen, you know what? I have to tell you something. It's going to damage our relationship because I'm going to have to tell you the truth about me. 
Any of you been in that situation? But you see, when you come and you share that, and you share about the struggles you've had, and you begin to confess about the struggles you've had, and you see instead of condemnation and a clip around the ear, and what did you think you were doing? You know what? You did mess up. But Jesus still loves you. You did mess up. But God has a place for you. There is restoration for you. That moment. That's the moment I'm after. The moment when you suddenly feel all the weight that is bearing down on your shoulder suddenly just come lifting off and you're free and you're like, wow. And this is, this is what the kingdom of God is like. It's like that. But for every single sin that you've ever committed before God, that weight being lifted off of your life. That's what forgiveness of sin is. That's why as Christians, we should all be running around with the biggest smile on our faces. Because God has taken the full weight of sin on you, removed it fully, and the consequences of it, removed it fully, and in its place given you a gift of eternal life. Can you believe the good news? Some of you look a bit, um, glory to the Lord. You see, God, that's the gift of God's grace. Imagine a millionaire coming along to you and saying, you know what, everything you're ever going to need, or these days you probably need a billionaire, everything you're ever going to need, I'm going to make sure that your needs are met. Everything. Everything. You suddenly feel a sense of freedom. The burden is no longer yours to carry. You know, so many of us struggle under the burden of work. I have to keep my job, and I have to keep paying, uh, bringing my salary in, and I have to keep budgeting my finances, and we do have to be good stewards of everything that God has given us to do, sure. But the responsibility for provision in your life is the Father's. See, he says, you put your faith and trust in him, you give of your gifts to him, and in return, his response is that he pours out everything on you everything you're ever going to need. The responsibility for your life and the provision of your life is taken up by the Father who is in heaven. Imagine the thing that so many people go running after, eternal life. Can we Botox? Can we get nip and tucks? Can we do any number of surgical procedures to maintain the image of youth? Imagine living eternally with Christ in heaven. Or Imagine, for those of you who are concerned about that sort of stuff, that when you walk in the peace that God intends, the worry lines disappear. The smile lines might get a bit bigger. But the number of people that I look at, and I'm like, I cannot believe that you are 85. You look like you're 65, like Daisy Ann, who sits in the services, she's not here today. But she looks young in the Lord because she's walking with the Lord. Amen? God wants you to begin to walk in this whole new place of his grace and his joy. So I've got three questions for you. If you're sitting there thinking, what are you talking about? This Christian life is hard. I'm struggling. I've been going on all the things that you tell me I need to go on. And I've just not been getting anywhere with God. And I just keep struggling with sin. And, you know, it just all sucks. Three questions. When was the last time you had a good rest? Might sound like a crazy question to ask you up front, but when was the last time you just sat down and had a good rest? 
All of you are trying to have a conversation with God when you're running. I'm not going to run as fast as I can because I'll end up over there. You know, but if you're running as fast as you can and you're trying to have a conversation with God, hey God, yeah, everything's going well, yeah. Oh, you know, this thing's going on in my life. You know, it's fantastic and I'm just really struggling right now. Imagine that. Do you think God's going to run next to you to keep up with you, to have the conversation back? So many, so many of you are not hearing from the Lord because you're too busy running from the Lord. You're filling up your life with work, with appointments Monday through Friday in the evening. You've got your Saturday fully booked. Sunday you come and sit in church all day just to make up for it. <laughs> Instead of stopping to have a proper conversation with the Lord. When was the last time you had a decent rest? And there's compulsion in the running. The Monday to Friday rat race that everybody's a part of you have a different role to play in that rat race. You see, some people, they put in masses of overtime because their boss makes them feel guilty. Is that your purpose? Are you intended to be motivated by guilt and by fear? Or are you called to get on your knees and pray, spend your time with God, so when you get to work, you are effective at your job between the hours that you're prescribed to work so that you can go on to do everything else? Just saying. Imagine the anointed Christian getting everything done that he, they need to between 9 and 5, and walking out the door smiling at 5, and the boss saying, yeah, but I need you to, finished. I need you to, finished. Uh, done. Imagine if that was the sort of life that you're intended to live, free from the rat race. Question one. Question two, have you ever thought about how happy God is with you? Most of you think that God is in a bad mood with you today. Probably because you got up and the first person you saw in a bad mood was yourself as you looked in the mirror. And you thought, God, man, if I feel in a bad mood, God must be in a bad mood today. But how many of you thought the joy that God has over you? You know, Jesus, it says of him in, in Hebrews that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy? It was the joy of knowing you and walking with you, seeing you set free from a life of sin, seeing you set free to walk with him. That's the joy that God has over you. Have you ever thought that God sings songs about you? I mean, we're busy singing songs here every single Sunday, some that we don't even mean the words that we're singing about. But imagine that God is singing over you because in Zephaniah, it says that he sings a song over you as, his, as your father. Have you ever stopped to think about how happy God is with you? Why don't you take a moment to do that now? Some of you look like guilty pleasures. Should I really be asking God if he's happy? God's happy with you. And third question, when was the last time you just thanked God for something good that he's done in your life? You know why? He's, you know, he, God doesn't love me. You know why? Because he gave me Prius instead of Mercedes. God doesn't love me because he gave me Marks and Spencers when I wanted boss. God doesn't love me because I had a sandwich today and I really wanted dim sum. Come on now. What about thanking God for what he is doing in your life? Why would God, I mean, God is generous, but why would he give you more when you're not even grateful for what you've received? Think about that. John 16 verse 23 says this. And Jesus speaking to his disciples, in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. 
Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Say that with me. My joy will be full. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. Jesus has been showing us and demonstrating to us the whole of his life, what the Father is like. Whenever Jesus was going around meeting people, he would heal them, set them free, see them walking free from sin, see them walking into the wholeness that he'd prepared for them. Shame is not your portion. Because Jesus has given you a reason to not be ashamed. Shame is most often experienced when we feel exposed, almost as if we are made naked before people. They know all of our darkest secrets. Yet in Christ, you have new clothes. The robes of righteousness, resplendent glory in white. When you're seen in heaven, you are glowing before the Father in those awesome robes he's given you. Why let the devil lie to you about what you're wearing today? Guilt is not your portion. Condemnation that you feel or should feel was taken by Christ. And you are intended to experience that guilt no longer. Why listen to the one who's trying to destroy you with guilt and with sin instead of listening to the one who's shown his love for you by giving his life upon the cross for you? Sin is not your portion. God wants you free from sin because it brings destruction. Don't keep running back to the things that are destroying your life when God is calling you to a life of freedom, of hope. Yeah, but I get love when I'm in those places. What about a love that is without cost? Yeah, but I get satisfaction in those places. What about a peace that flows out from the inside of your life and fills the entirety of your life? Some of you know weeping. Some of you know the times when you just cry, cry, cry from guilt and from grief. And in that place, most often people are crying out to God, God, where are you? I just need you to help. But the connect comes when that weeping is known to be the weeping that endures for a night. Because you're reaching out to the Father in faith, not saying, God, you've got to come here and fix, up, fix me up, but God, you know, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm in a lost place, but I'm reaching out to you. That weeping that endures for a night gives way to joy that comes in the morning. See, in God's presence, in the presence that is made possible because of what Jesus Christ did for us upon the cross, we are able to step into a place of freedom. In Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, 17, it says, Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Acts 2, 28 says, You will make me full of joy in your presence. The Westminster Catechism often gets quoted, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. God wants you happy. Jesus wants you walking in joy. Hebrews 12, 1, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus' delight is so much in you, and he wants you to experience joy. Just one quick testimony of that sense of joy. You know, when you get in God's presence, 
like the encounters. There's an encounter for men coming up in just a couple of weeks. There's also a leader's encounter in just a couple of weeks as well. But I remember one time when I was at an encounter, and I'm just in the presence of the Lord. And suddenly, out of my belly, I'm talking howls of laughter. I was bent over, screaming, laughing. Everyone's looking at Gabriel. Gabriel's always so serious. Like, what's going on with him? He must be having a real encounter. Maybe he's meeting Jesus for the first time. But I was literally screaming my head off, laughing my head off, because in God's presence, there's fullness of joy. Has it ever happened for you? Yeah. Good. Give me a big wave if you experience the joy of the Lord. The rest of you, we need to experience the joy of the Lord. So let's just spend two minutes with God. And then we're going to come and start baptizing all of these wonderful people. But Lord, Lord, let's just start saying, Father, we want a release of your joy. Lord, Father, I just press in tonight, this afternoon, Father, for everybody here. Lord, we believe that your kingdom is of a different nature. We believe that your kingdom is a, a place where you've brought us free from the things that have kept us down, the things that have kept us depressed and in shame and in guilt. And Lord, you've brought us into a place of joy and liberty. And so Lord, I just release your people today to start to shake off the sin. Just where you are, shake off the sin. Come on, shake off the sin. Shake it off, shake it off. Some of you want to keep it? Shake it off. Lord, just start to release your joy in this place, Father. Start to release hope in this place today, Lord. Lord, that people would just begin to experience a new welling up on the inside. An excitement of the things of God. An excitement of being in your presence. An excitement of the things that you've set before us, Lord Jesus. Lord, that we would just be full of joy Christians. Hilarious Christians. That realize the freedom that we've been given. The joy that you've, you've, you've given into our lives, Lord. Lord, let us not carry around this foolish weight of sin that you've dealt with. But instead, Lord, enable us to step increasingly into your freedom that would bring you much, much glory and excitement. In Jesus' name, amen.